Sunday of Lent and the first Sunday of spring. We welcome you to worship, especially to those who are, if anybody's sitting outside or listening to the radio. Give us a wave or a toot. <laughs> it is so good to hear from you and to see everybody inside. And out. Is anybody outside worshiping? Hi, guys. 
Just so you know, we've begun collecting food again for the Halotus House of Neighborly Service. Non-perishable food items, please, and the collection box is in the fellowship hall. We will be returning to two services beginning Easter Sunday, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and no reservations are needed. Weather permitting, there will also be a sunrise service outside, and it will be at 7 a.m., and we will see the sunrise at that time. Would you consider a donation to Mobility Worldwide to help enable disabled people in underdeveloped countries, enable them to be mobile? We will be collecting for this ministry until April 4th, which is Easter Sunday. Next week is Palm Sunday. Our egg hunt will be at 10 a.m. right after this service. If you're able to help, there's a sign-up sheet in the Welcome Center, and I'm sure we could always use some more non-chocolate candy. And don't forget the bring-your-own-lunch picnic right after the egg hunt. And please continue to make reservations for indoor worship with the office by noon on Wednesday. And that is all I have for announcements. So let us welcome the light of Christ. scripture reading today comes from Genesis chapter 14 verses 17 through 24 and I will give you a warning there's some really hard words to pronounce so please forgive me after Abram won the battle over Kedorlamer and the kings who helped him he returned home the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shaveh. It was also called the king's valley. Machelzedek was the king of Jerusalem. He brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the most high God, and he gave a blessing to Abram. He said, may the most high God bless Abram. May the creator of heaven and earth bless him. Give praise to the Most High God. He gave your enemies into your hand. Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of everything. 
Then the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the people. Keep everything else for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to make a promise to the Lord. He is the most high God. He is the creator of heaven and earth. I've said I will not accept anything that belongs to you. I will not take even a thread or a strap of a sandal. You will never be able to say, I made Abram rich. I'll accept only what my men have eaten and what belongs to Aner, Eshcol, and Mamre. These three men went with me. Let them have their share. The word of God for the people of God. Let's join together in an attitude of prayer. Oh, God of life, you've made us in your image as your children. We ask that you forgive us of our transgressions against our neighbors, especially when we are critical of them while being confident of our righteousness. Fill us with abundant life and abundant love. Lead us in concentrating on the things that matter for your kingdom and forgetting the unimportant things. Teach us to always walk in love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll start our rainbows and rattlesnakes with the rainbow it is to see all of you here on this beautiful spring morning, right? Praise the Lord. What a beautiful day. I mean, yesterday, wow, wow. Anyway, but it's great to see all of you, and it's beginning to look like church again. Hey, praise the Lord for that, too. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you. We thank you that we can come together and worship you and praise you. We thank you that we have the freedom to do this. This is the day you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Lord. We love you and praise you. Lord, we lift up all of those that we have named who need healing in their bodies, their minds, or their spirits. We know that you are the great physician. You are the healer and sustainer of us all. And you know our needs before we ask. Lord, we lift up those who are discouraged, those who are fearful, those who are without the basic necessities of life. Lead us with your Holy Spirit that we might encourage those who need encouragement. Dispel the fears of those who are in fear and share our bounty with those who need. Lord, I ask that you would guide the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world, that they would seek and do your will so that your children could live in peace and harmony and experience the kingdom that you desire they all take part in. Lord, I ask that you would open our ears and our understanding 
as your word is proclaimed this morning. Let us store up in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Let us live as your son lived. And now we pray as he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, we celebrated St. Patrick's Day this week, a couple of days ago, on the 17th. St. Patrick wasn't Irish at all. Did y'all realize that? St. Patrick was English. So, I have... Wonder what the implications for that would be these days. But anyway, my favorite thing that St. Patrick wrote goes something like this I am a stranger and an exile living among barbarians and pagans because God cares for them. Well, pretty good, huh? Now, this morning, I want to talk a little bit about IP addresses. Does everybody know what an IP address is? IP addresses are interesting things, right? You know, I don't ever want to take anything for granted. An IP address, IP is, is short like many things are shortened these days, right? For internet protocol. And every device has a unique IP or internet protocol address, all right? That's how whoever you're communicating with or whatever other system you're communicating with knows that it's you or your device, I should say, that it's communicating with. You know, you can't have somebody else at your device, all right? I want us this morning to put a little bit of a different meaning to that. And, and this is what I would, I would like us to do is, I, I want us to think about as identity, our identity. And the P part of it, the protocol, you know, what's protocol? Pro protocol has gotten to be used much more these days too than it used to be. Historically, protocol means the etiquette, the way that you deal with foreign dignitaries, people that are coming from other countries, matters of formal communication between different states, right? That's what protocol is. But it, but it is an activity. So for the P and the IP, I want us to think of that as our purpose, as our purpose what we're supposed to be about, what we're supposed to be about. Now, of course, this is the fifth Sunday of Lent, and we're approaching the celebration of our Lord's resurrection. Next Sunday will be Palm Sunday when we remember Jesus' 
going into Jerusalem that last week of his time among us here on the earth prior to his resurrection. This morning, we're going to read a passage from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews starts out by saying, you know, in the former times or a long time ago, God spoke to us through prophets. But in these latter times, God has chosen to speak to us through his son. And the entire book of Hebrews is about things God told us. And also it says it's a pattern, a pattern, a template, if you will, for the ways things are supposed to be. Or since we're using some computer jargon this morning, we could call it a flow chart, right? Anyway, our reading comes from Hebrews chapter 5, verses 5 through 10. Consider the word of the Lord. So also Christ did not glorify himself in becoming a high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. As he also says in another place, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him, having been designated by God a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who created the heavens and the earth and all we see, and more importantly, all that we do not see. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. The first thing I want us to talk about, as I said a few minutes ago, is our identity. Now, in this passage that I started reading from Hebrews, and by the way, we don't know who wrote Hebrews. It's one of those mysteries, and there are a lot of mysteries. Now, now some people will assign it to Paul, but it's most unlikely that Paul wrote it. But it doesn't matter who wrote it because it was inspired by God, and it's good for us to teach us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It says there that God called Jesus his son. It says today, right? He's calling his son, today I have begotten you, right? Which is actually Psalm 2 verse 7 is where that comes from, where whoever wrote this got that. But it says there that Jesus is God's Son. This is our identity. 
This is the I of the IP. Our identity is we're all God's children. Now, why do I say that? I say that because it's, 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 it's backed up numerous places in the Bible. But this morning, I want us to look at just a couple. The first one, which we're all familiar with, we already said it this morning, is what Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 6 and in Luke chapter 11, where his disciples ask him, how should we pray? And what does Jesus say? He teaches them the Lord's Prayer, which starts out with, Our Father. It's really about all we have to know. It sums it up right there. It tells us the theology we need to operate with. It tells us who God is. It tells us who we are. And it tells us who everybody around us is. God is our Father. I am a child of God. And all my neighbors are children of God. Therefore, my sisters and brothers. If we just remember those two words and what they imply, wow, right there, that's a bunch. Now, some people say, well, you know, some people say, and I'm one of them, right? The Bible says we should establish everything by two or more witnesses. Two or more witnesses. Well, I'll call to witness another witness, Luke. Luke, the good physician who wrote Luke and Acts. In Luke chapter 3 is where Luke chooses to put his genealogy of Jesus. Remember, Matthew puts it in chapter 1. Luke puts it in chapter 3. And at the end of Luke's genealogy, somewhere down there in chapter 3, I think around verse 32, it says, Enos the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. So the next time you think an unchristian thought about that person that's close to you in whatever manner you describe proximity, or even a person or persons who are far away from you, remember, that's a child of God. God wants that person to enjoy the benefits of God's kingdom just as much as God wants you to enjoy the benefits of God's kingdom, you know? And often it's not so tough for us to think about ourselves. It's not hard at all, right? It's not so tough for us to think about ourselves as being children of God and that God shows favor on us. But what about that guy down the street, right? Wow. Or what about old so-and-so? Did you hear what they did? But it's the way it is. It's the way it is. And Jesus came, among other things, such as dying for our sins, he came to teach us that and to remind us of that and to show us that, right? over and over and over again. 
and all the problems we see around us, I believe, would melt away just like that snow did a few weeks ago if we would remember that. Who are you? Who are you? What's your identity? I'm a child of God. But so is that person next to me, right? So is that person across the world from me. We're children of God. What about our protocol? What about our purpose? Our purpose, right? Well, it comes down there. And remember, the Scripture tells us in other places, and we won't go into it much this morning, we are the body of Christ. So we currently are, are Jesus' hands and feet here on the ground, here in this place. And it says that Jesus brought salvation to those who obeyed him because he had been declared a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now this is an interesting thing. Uh, Melchizedek's an interesting character. He's mentioned in three books of the Bible. He's mentioned in, in uh, Genesis chapter 14, which Susan read earlier. He's uh, mentioned in the quote that this comes from, which comes from Psalm 110, verse 4. And you see Melchizedek here and later on in the book of Hebrews. There's a pretty good description of him in chapter 7 of Hebrews. It says he was without father or mother. He was out beginning of days or end of life. Hmm. Pretty interesting. And so when Abram comes back, remember now, Abram hadn't got his name changed yet. This is in chapter 14. Abram gets his name changed to Abraham in chapter 17, okay, of Genesis. When Abram comes back after, you know, his, his nephew had gotten uh, in trouble, right? Lot had been captured by the bad guys, whoever the bad guys were at that time, right? Abram went to rescue Lot, and he took some other folks with him, the other, the other guys that lived there in Mamre. After he had successfully defeated the folks that had kidnapped Lot, he comes back, and there he is greeted by this person who's called a priest of the Most High God, Melchizedek. And what does Melchizedek do? He gives him bread and wine. Hmm, it's pretty interesting. And he blesses Abram, and Abram gives him a tenth of what he has. He, he gives tithes to Melchizedek. That's a subject of another sermon, but Abram understood giving, I believe. So now it says, Jesus is a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now it tells us in Hebrews chapter 7 that Melchizedek is first, that means the king of righteousness. So 
We're Christ's body here. Christ is a priest forever. Therefore, as, as we are reminded in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says what? You are a royal priesthood. That's part of our identity too, okay? We're children of God, but we're, to, we're called to be a royal priesthood. So Melchizedek is the king of righteousness. Now, what's righteousness, okay? It's, it's exactly what you think it is, okay? We don't have to get complicated about it. But righteousness isn't just doing the right thing. Righteousness means having the character, the character that you will do the right thing, that you will do the right thing. That's what it is, I mean, it, it, real simply. And, of course, to become a righteous, a righteous person is a good person. And, a good, and to become a good person, what do you do? You obey Jesus. You look at what Jesus did, and you do to the best of your ability what... You can't do what Jesus did. Jesus had a unique vocation and role to play in God's plan. But each and every one of us can do what Jesus would do if Jesus were us. Whatever it is we do. Whatever our vocation is. Okay? And I want to just take a minute to do something I don't do too much, but have all of you been doing your homework? Your homework, you know, this month, you know, if get with the program here. Your homework, you know, your homework for this month is to read Psalm 15 every day, right? And if you've been doing your homework, most of you could probably just about repeat this now. You know, and, th and that's, one of the reasons, that's one of the reasons for homework I assign, reading something every day for a month. We learn by repetition, right? We learn by repetition. You know, the first time you get a new puppy and you say sit, it looks at you goofy, right? But if you, if you push down on its hind part and, and give it a treat, most dogs catch on. Uh, some of them don't. Psalm 15, it's pretty short. It says, O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? Those who walk blamelessly and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart and do not slander with their tongue and do no evil to their friends nor take up a reproach against their neighbors in whose eyes the wicked are despised but who honor those who fear the Lord who stand by their oath even to their hurt, who do not lend money at interest 
and to not take a bribe against the innocent. Those who do these things shall never be moved. Righteousness, that's part of being a priest, that's part of our identity, that's part of our purpose. The other thing it tells us about Melchizedek is that he was the king of Salem, which is, means he was the king of peace. Of course, most of us are familiar. We, a lot of times we refer to Jesus as the prince of peace, right? What is peace? I think many of us have, and again, fact check me. Look at other verses in the Bible. Peace is not just the absence of conflict. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be situations that come up that don't seem so peaceful or that aren't still and calm. But peace simply is relaxing in the calm assurance that you're surrounded by good when you depend upon God. Like our anthem this morning, when you lean on the everlasting arms, right? When you lean upon God, you have peace. When you lean upon yourself, you have abject fear and horror, okay? And any number of other things that might go on. One of the pictures I love of what peace is takes place in Luke chapter 8. Now remember what was going on? Jesus and the disciples were crossing the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Tiberias, whichever name you want to use, and a storm came up, right? What was Jesus doing? He was sleeping. He was sleeping, okay? That's peace. God's in charge. God's going to take care of it. If you depend on your neighbor, if you depend upon yourself, if you depend upon anything else, you're not going to have peace. Not an everlasting peace that we have. So brothers and sisters this morning, I want you to remember your identity and your purpose. Your identity is you're a beloved child of God. And so is everybody else. And your purpose is to do like Jesus did. Do what's right. 1 Peter 2.15 says, it's God's will. It's God's will. You know, there's some other places that tell us what God's will is, like 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. But in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says it's God's will that by doing right, the ignorance of the foolish will be shown. So our identity is we're children of God. Our purpose is to do right and to remind everybody else that they're children of God. So this morning, brothers and sisters, just like good old St. Patrick, we are strangers and exiles surrounded by barbarians 
and pagans. But those barbarians and pagans are our brothers and sisters. And it's God's will that we do right and love them. Amen? Go in peace. And as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.